Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Probably familiar if you've ever been to a funeral. <laughs> it's amazing what we relegate to death, what it was meant for life. Ecclesiastes 3, Psalm 23, relegated to the funeral home way too often. It's amazing how our human minds begin to associate things. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is really a, a stunning revelation of wisdom given by Solomon, probably even in a backslidden state. Much of what Solomon wrote was in a backslidden state. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, to everything there is a season. Before I even read any further, to everything there is a season. Paul said, of the times and the seasons, you have no need that I write. He told you when the, when the, Fruit trees and things begin to bear fruit, you know that summer is near. How many of you can tell the times and the seasons out in the natural world just by walking outside? In case you missed it this morning, early this morning, you walked out your door and it is summertime in South Texas. Did you notice? Did you need a notification from Greg Bostwick to know that it was summertime? So there, there's no need that we write. You know that it's summer. Yes? yes? To everything, there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Boy, if half the world could figure that one out, we would all be better off. <laughs> a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Oh, this, this is just extra. Sometimes the, the most powerful thing and the loudest thing you could say to someone is nothing. A time to love and a time to hate. I say, well, why would God say there's a time to hate? There's a time to, you, I've told you before, I'll go ahead and insert it here again. You should hate the things that God hates. And the Bible spells out many things that God hates. And the body of Christ should hate what God hates. 
A time to love, a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. A time of war and a time of peace. Let's turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Verse 23. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Verse 23. Now, now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war. And came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him. Hear me. Well, I, I like that. It's the perfect time. Because I say, hear me. The phone says, pay attention. <laughs> hear me. There comes a time to overturn Saul's kingdom. You say, oh. We're talking about spiritual things. Saul was the king of Israel, a king of the flesh. David was the king of the spirit. I'm going to help somebody with some timing this morning and what time it is. See, David was anointed king 20 years before he ever took the throne. How many has ever had a promise from God? Then we got work to do at Mag Church if only three people's ever had a promise from God. First of all, there's a whole book full of promises that are yours. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. But I'm going to ask you again as you wake up, Mag Church, because I don't like preaching to sleepy dead people. It's more work than I got effort for. I'm going to ask you again. How many of you have a promise from God? Yes. Now I'm going to remind you before we even get started. If you have a promise from God that he is not slack concerning his promises as men count slackness. That what he says he will do, he will do. I'm going to say it again because some of you have given up on your promise. If you have a promise from God, that's your promise. And he, what he says he will do, he will do it. I wish I was preaching to last week's crowd. Y'all, they were better. What he says he will do, he will do. There comes a time to claim your promise. This church has promises. Individuals in this church have promises. I read to you there's a time for everything. The last time, there's a time for war. And there's a time for peace. I'll tell you right now, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in a time of war, not in a time of peace. And you need to understand where we're at. You need to understand where we're at. Because your promises depend on it. You say, well, God's going to, do you know you can, I'll just go ahead and go ahead of myself. Do you know you can desert your promise? You can kill your promise. You can abort your promise. When you, you have to walk with God and know where you're at and count him faithful who has promised. 
Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you. They that come to him, what does Hebrews 11 say? Without faith, is it, imp- it is impossible to please him. But they that come to him must what? First believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those which diligently seek him. God gives us promises that we have to be faithful to. And faithful to him. Well, I'll just go ahead and ask you a question before I read any further. Is your your promise even important to you anymore? Or is that just an emotional stirring years ago that got you fired up for a night and maybe you hung on to it for a while, but now you're just like, well, I just don't know if that's ever going to happen. Come on, somebody. Let me talk to you about the times and the seasons just a little bit because I've I've had this conversation several times lately, even with some people that it would blow your mind that it was even being discussed about their time and their place Talk about people of national prominence. About the promises God's given them and if, they're, if they've missed it. Let me help somebody with something. I've never seen anybody miss God that was searching for him. Let me help you with that. Are you seeking him? Are you seeking him? Are you seeking him? Because I've never yet seen anyone miss God that was seeking him. Seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I've told you the last few weeks, you don't even have the ability to blow up God's plan for your life if you're seeking God's plan for your life. Hmm. He has, a, he has a very unique way of getting you where you need to be when you need to be there, even when you mess it up. When you're seeking him. Because he, he causes all things to work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Mm. We're still marching. When I've seen people miss God, and I have, I've missed God, certainly. You know what, Matt? You know what I found? But people are always afraid they're going to miss God by being late, being behind them. And, I, and I, I'm just going to share a little insight. Everyone I've ever seen miss God, didn't miss, none of them miss God by being behind him. Every one of them miss God by getting ahead of him. By trying to fulfill their own promise. Trying to move the pieces to, into place. Getting impatient. It's the same all the way even through the Word of God. When, 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 and when Abraham decided, agreed with his wife and went to, uh, to Hagar rather than waiting on the promise. David had an opportunity. He said, now it was time. David was the king of Israel. Now at Ziglag, you might not have believed that. At Ziglag, when they had burned the houses and took the women and took the children, including his, and they're talking about a king, and you're like, what do you mean a king? I, I, I can't even keep up with the rebels that I've got around me. Didn't look much like a king. But you know what he was? He was the king. You know why? Because God sent Samuel the prophet to anoint him king of Israel. To every time, everything, there is a season, there's a time. One day, they, they, 
while he was on the run from the, when it, that they ended up in the same cave, David and Saul. Yes? Do you remember? They were like, David, now's the time. He's in there asleep. Go kill him. David, not a chance. Not a chance. He could have. He could have. He said, not a chance. He said, I'm not going to touch what God has anointed. You know why? It wasn't time. It says, now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him. According to the words of the Lord, of the sons of Judah, bearing shield and spear, 6,800 armed for war. Of the sons of Simeon, mighty men, valor fit for war, 7,100. Of the sons of Levi, 4,600. Of the leaders of the, of the Aaronites, and with him, 3,700. Zadok, young men, a valiant warrior, and from his father's house, 22 captains. Of the sons of Benjamin, relatives of Saul. Did you hear that? Of the sons of Benjamin, relatives of Saul. I ain't going to preach that. I'm just going to let the word speak for itself. It was time. Of the sons of Benjamin, relatives of Saul. <laughs> it was time. 3,000. Until then, the greatest part of them had remained loyal to the house of Saul. You know why? It wasn't time. And the sons of Ephraim, 20,800 mighty men of valor, famous men throughout their father's house of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, who were designated by the name to come and make David king. Of the sons of Ishkar, who had an, un here it is. Of the sons of Ishkar, who had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200. All their brethren were at their command. Having a discernment, having a knowledge, having an understanding of the times. I come to you this morning about an understanding of the times and where we're at. Mag Church, Mag Church, Mag Church, Mag Church. Last Sunday morning, you knew where you were at. Last Wednesday night, you knew where we were at. How about we get consistent on Sunday morning and that we know where we're at? It'll take discipline, a constant understanding of who you are and what you're here for because the time is at hand. High maintenance, low-packed Christianity is no longer the order of the day. That's from over a year ago. The Lord spoke it to me again. For far too long, the church has been about the church. It's been about what you can attract to attract people to your church. It's not been about the Lord. It's been, it's been, it's, it, you don't want to know why preachers are leaving the pulpits by the thousands. It's because they're exhausted with, with feeding flesh and, 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 and human desire and trying to please people. High maintenance Christians. What can you, what, what have you done for me lately? Christians. 
instead of how can I serve the Lord? Instead of, because we are called to be servants from the highest to the lowest. The days of high impact or of high maintenance, low impact Christianity have to die. That's what time it is. Hear me. If it's a time of peace and you are seeking war, you are in rebellion. But if it's a time of war and you seek peace, you are guilty of treason. Let me say it again. If it's a time of peace and you are seeking war, you're in rebellion. But if it's a time of war and you seek peace, you are guilty of treason. Put it in the natural realm. If a, if, if, if a, a, a division of the U.S. Army rose up in a time of peace, that is rebellion. But if there's a time of war, then they've been called by the government to war and they refuse to go and they seek peace, it's treason. Hello? Abraham Kuyper says, when the principles, listen to me, I'm trying to tell us what time it is. When the principles that run against your deepest convictions begin to win the day, then the battle is your calling. And peace is your sin. You must, at the price of the dearest peace, lay your convictions bare before friend and enemy with all the fire of your faith. It's where we're at. I come to, I'm, sometimes I come preaching to the, anybody that ever hears it down the road, here and live and down the road. Today, I'm preaching to Mag Church. If you'll indulge me for just a few moments, can I read some of the promises of God that God has given this church through his gifts in the last three years? Would that be okay? Sunday, September 20, 2020. For you are a chosen people of mine. I have brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. I place you in this very spot, for this is my choosing. This is my will for the purpose and plan I have for this region and this area. I have chosen this body for a specific work. I will empower you. In fact, I am empowering you now. I am equipping you right now. It doesn't look like a lot. For I am laying the very foundation and preparing you for the great work that is ahead of you. Many do not understand, but in the future you will. You will be empowered with, a, with mighty great powers and mighty great workings of miracles, healings, wisdom, and knowledge. All the works of the Spirit, says the Lord. And I will and I will have my way, whether it's by many or by few. Let me read that again. I will have my way, whether by many or by few. Many have, this is to Mac Church, many have tried and many have failed in this region. But I say this work will not fail, says the Lord, for I have brought you and I have chosen you and you will accomplish what I have chosen in your day. 
to do in this region, says the Lord. For you are my people. I have granted, granted you, and I will not let you fail. But do not fail yourself. That's the promises. The only way God's promises fail is if you fail yourself. Do not fail yourself. Have an expectation. Church, do you have an expectation anymore? Have an anticipation every time that you come into the house. I've been preaching to you for weeks. You've got to come into this house with thanksgiving. You've got to come into this house with praise. You've got to come into this house knowing that you are prepared to worship and meet the Lord that day. You've got to come into this house every time the doors are open knowing that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is going to show up. We don't, I've told you for weeks, we don't have a single service to waste. Not a single service. You've got to know what time it is. You don't have any time. There's no time to waste. Be excited. Look forward to what I'm going to do every time you come, every time you wake up in the morning and ask and seek, what can I do for the Lord today? Learn to hear his voice and walk in mighty things. Richard Hardgraves. September, Sunday, October 11, 2020 p.m. service. Evangelist Martha Tennyson. Since I've been here, I've felt in my spirit so strongly, Pastor God is doing to take this church further than it's ever been numerically, spiritually, financially. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain for this place. You can mark it down, church, and hear the sound of an abundance of rain, and they will, they will get to the place where they will say, don't take me to the hospital, take me to Mauriceville Assembly of God. Those people know how to pray. But it is going to begin with you seeking God. God makes you a promise, but there's conditions to be met to the promise. Do you, notice a, do you notice a recurring theme? How many knows that? And you are going to have to begin to seek God in a greater measure and be a part, and, and, and part of that of the people that is going to be coming to this church is going to come to be some of your family that has not been saved and you have been praying for them for a long time. Does anybody have that promise? Some of them that are coming are your family that you've prayed for for a very long time and you've not seen the promise. I'll ask you again. Some of them has been the promise is your family and you've been praying to them for a very long time and you have not seen it. Are you going to give up? They're coming into this place. They're going to be giving their lives to God. And as you seek God and say, God, we don't want a title but a testimony. As you seek him, God is going to make the church alive in this area. Do you notice another recurring theme? And people will know that there is a church called Mauriceville Assembly of God in Mauriceville, Texas, that knows how to get a hold of God. As it be, and it will, and as it, it will begin to happen as we pray and begin to say, God, we don't want a title but a testimony. This is the power and the anointing that the Holy Spirit is moving among us in a fresh and a real way. Can I continue? I would say to my church, I have set a watchman on the wall. He can see the enemy, he can see the enemy coming. You, my church, have been warned. I've said it in my word. It's a promise to you. The battle is mine. But you are with me. Stay with me and watch. See salvation. Know you not that gold is refined through fire. I am refining you, my church. I am forcing the draw. I am forcing the dross, those impurities, out of you. Let the fire do its work. Somebody who needs to hear this morning, you're in the fire right now. Quit rebuking the fire. 
There's people right now you need to hear. You need to quit rebuking the fire. Hear me again. Not everything you go through is from the enemy. Not everything that you go through is from the enemy. You need to quit rebuking what God is doing in your life and let the fire do its work. Those things that would hinder my work because let let the fire do its work. Let uh, let it burn the dross. Let those things which hinder my work because, because my wish and my desire is to work through my church. Be the instrument in my hand. Leave yourself to me and be an instrument in my hand, says the Lord. That is Sunday, October 18th. 2020, Scott Hoffpower. January 3rd, 2021, if you'll give me just a minute, there was an exhortation from me to the church that says this, church, look at me. Well, that sounds like me. Church, look at me. It's not an egotistical, hear me, church. I'll say it again, look at me and hear me. It is not an egotistical prayer to ask God to expand your territory. We're not talking about building up human kingdoms. We have the right to ask and expect. God raises up ministry. God raises up churches. He raises up places, and he uses them. That's what he does. You know about William Seymour today in Azusa Street Revival because raised up a man, God raised up a man and a mission. You know about Jonathan Edwards because... For a, re- for a reason. You know about George Whitfield today for a reason. Because raised up, God raised up men and ministries, expanded their territories, and touched the world. God didn't give us a building and open all these doors to sit here and for us to admire it for the next 20 years. Expand our ter- territory. Will you agree with that tonight? There's power in agreement. Let's agree together. Here's a prayer. Lord, we are asking you to open doors. Close the doors that we don't need. Open the doors that are your plan. Lord, raise our influence and our profile in the area for your glory. We're not building personal kingdoms. Lord, we're not looking for recognition. Lord, we are looking for the power of the gospel to influence a region and a state. And a praying people that will believe you, that you will move in their midst. Lord, expand my territory. Stretch out my tent stakes. Making a shining city on a hill. Lord, have your way. Lord, raise up ministries and ministers out of this body of believers. Raise up mission, missionaries, evangelists, pastors, prophets, teachers. And Lord, let it be the full gospel, a complete ministry in the name of Jesus. Immediate message in tongues and interpretation. I've heard your prayer. I've inclined my ear. Even as a man that came to me and said, if you will take, if you will, you can make me whole. The Lord would say unto this body, I will, I will, I will raise you up. I will set you as a light on a hill. I will use you. You will be truly my hand extended to this area, even the world. It will be extended to those that are in need, to those who are in need of salvation, to those who are in need of healing, to, do the, to, to those who just need to be a part of his body. I would say to this church, and even as I did to the early church, I will add to my church as such should be saved. I will, I have heard you. I will. Now I'm going to ask a question before I continue. Are we still a full gospel church that still believes the gifts of the Spirit? Or is it just something fun that we do every now and then that gives you a goosebump and you never think about it again? We either believe this stuff or we don't. 
Church, we either believe the gifts of the Spirit or God speaking to the body in our day or we don't believe it at all. The reason I come and bring them to you is so we can know what time it is and be reminded of what God has said to this body and say it's time that we stood to our feet and became who we were called to be. It's time. Sunday, June 13, 2021, for this people, the things that have been said, the things that you have heard, the things that I have promised, now is the time they shall begin. They shall be accelerated. This is about the time the church started growing again, by the way. You shall see my coming is quicker than you ever thought or imagined, for the time is not hastened. It is time to do the things which I promised you. If it was time in June of 2021, it's certainly time in July of 2023. You'll not, you'll not even imagine what you have even thought or dreamed. I told you last week, and I begin, believe the text was, I will do a work in you that you would not believe had I told you. You'll not be able to imagine even thought or dream, but, the work, but you must go to work. You must follow my lead. Don't hesitate. Just as you are led, led to do by my Spirit, for you see the time is now. For I, the Lord Jesus, am coming quicker than you could imagine, Richard Hardgrave. Sunday, August 8, 2021. Maurice Phyllis said to me, God, now is the time. Are you hearing the theme? Are you hearing the theme? There's a, t- there's a time for everything under the sun. Hear me. Now is the time. Now is the hour, for I have called you. I have set you aside for myself, for my work. This is the hour to set up, to step into your calling. I have chosen you for this time. I am equipping you. I have equipped you with things that you need at this time, for this is the hour. And bold, move forth, move forth, move forth now. Don't wait, don't wait. Don't focus on the things of this world, but move forth, move forth. Many things have been distracted. Many things have get, are, you're being distracted now. But now, go with what you have. I will send you the things that you need. I will, I will put things in your hands that you will need. I will put people in your path that you should minister to in this hour. Don't focus on the things of this world, the things that are going on around you. But focus on me, says the Lord, for I, am, for I will give you all the things that you need. Are you hearing him? For, be a church. That's why I don't worry about how big the check needs to be whenever he asks for it. That's why I've learned that whenever he, when he tells you something and he tells the time is now, that when it, stretches, when it stretches me, when it stretches the board, when it stretches my thinking, when it stretches Katrina's thinking, when it stretches us, but because I know that what God promises you and what God asks you to do, that God is able to pay for it, he's able to provide for it, he's able to give you the financial resources, he's able to give you the human resources, he's able to give you the open doors that have been shut. Listen to me, church. He's able. He's able. Be a church, be a people, and a body I have chosen to give the, na- the neighborhood around you, says the Lord. Richard Hardgrave. Sunday, June 4, 2022. Sent to me in, a, in my messenger inbox from missionary J. Covert. Just as the power of thunder and lightning light the sky, so I desire to implode my spirit and power and presence in my house. I sent you there with the vision that brings a mission, not just to an area, but to the region. I have spoken to you about a move of God that will gain attention. Witness, witches and warlocks will come, will come again and will fail. 
because I have angels in campus that are about your church. You are willing to stir the region in the darkness is being pierced. What was blight and bleak will be vibrant and alive again. My spirit will be poured out and my sons and my daughters will be raised up in an instant for revival. You will become a sending center to the nations and the world. I am with you. I am for you. I am the great I am. And one more on Sunday morning. Don't have the date. Jay Covert was here in person. Every church is called, called to their city and there, and there are some churches ordained for entire regions. You are placed here at the crossroads of many communities. You will plant many ministries from this place to the nations. This will be the fountain of the fivefold ministry. Ministers, missions, and ministries will flow from here. Most of these people never in the same room at the same time. Most of these people... Brother Richard's gone on to be with the Lord. Not having received the promise, but he saw it afar off. Amen. Yes. <laughs> and, it's, and his voice still speaks. That's scripture. When the Lord speaks it, Richard's voice still speaks into this body today. Do you know what time it is? Church, you're being called to action and do this knowing the time. Now it's high time that you wake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day and not revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife, not in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. That's what time it is. Paul exhorted the Ephesian church and the church at Colossae to be redeeming the time. But what you're going to have to realize is there's a time for everything. What, I, what am I having to realize? That there's a time for everything. Amen. Oh, you're not hearing me. Amen. There's a time to stand and be counted. Glory. It's not an arrogant thing to get a word from the Lord that says that you're a church that touches regions and nations. It's a humbling thing. Not an arrogant thing. The question will be, do you believe it? In Acts chapter 2, I'm going to point it out one more time. They had just seen Jesus crucified. They're under threat for their life everywhere they go. Do you know that? They've gone and they've waited for the promise of the Father that was coming even though they had no idea what they were waiting for can you can I ask you a question can you anticipate what is coming even though you don't know exactly what is what you're waiting for you know what they had no idea what was coming they had, they had no we know what we know because we've got the scripture they had no idea what was coming they had no idea what the, what, the, what the outpouring of the Holy Spirit would look like what it would sound like what it would feel like or what it would do in them they had no idea they had no idea 
But there came a place in time, it says when the day of Pentecost is fully come. You know what that was? That was a place in time that God had foreordained that he was going to pour out his spirit. See, God, God, God operate, operates in the kairos of time. He's outside of our calendar. But he has times in the kairos of, our, of time. That is what we can mark time by, 24 hours in a day. That the earth turns on its axis. 365 and a quarter days in a year when the, when the earth will make a trip around the sun that marks the time that we live in. That's the chronos of time. It says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that was when the God that's outside of time had assigned the specific day for the Spirit of God to be poured out in time. And they had no idea what was coming. But I can tell you what happens when it happens. And by the way, church, look at me and listen. Through your yawns and sleepies and, and, and stunned silence this morning on some things you need to understand that when God does things in a promise, He does it suddenly. He does it suddenly. The question is, are you going to wait on it and are you going to believe it and know that it's time? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It didn't, I won't tell you, it didn't take God off, off guard one, it was an appointed spot in time. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing and mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. But what I want you to see is this. Everybody that had been under threat, I want you to listen. Do you read this, do you read this word with emotion? I've been trying to teach you that. Do you read this word with inflection, with emotion? Because I don't believe Peter said Men of Judah and all dwell in Jerusalem. Like, let this be known to you. Not at all. Not at all. They've heard it in the streets. What is this? How is it that we hear all these men in our own language? And some mocked and some scoffed and says these men are drunk. It says, but Peter, listen to me, standing up. Have you ever read it and caught it? But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, listen, let it be known to you. That's a vast difference between I don't know him. Let it be known to you. And he, he, he made a demand. Y'all think I make demands. I do. You know what? He said, let it be known to you. And listen to this demand. And heed my words. And heed my words. For these are not drunk. As you suppose, sin, but it's the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of. By, you realize he was talking to a bunch of Jews that were looking for something that they didn't recognize when they got it. And now something more has came and they still don't recognize it when they, how does this happen? How do we hear them in our own language? Oh, well, these men must be drunk. No, this is that which was, listen up. He was saying, heed my words. Listen up, Jews. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet. The prophet gave it to you and you didn't even recognize it. 
Then he goes into verse 20. Listen, Peter doesn't slack up. He says, men of Israel, hear my words. Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to do miracles and wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst. And you yourself also know him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Listen to him. Because it's not possible that he should be held by it. And David says concerning him. Listen to verse 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you. I thought he was speaking pretty freely from the beginning. <laughs> Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you. Of the patriarch David, who was dead and buried, and his tomb was with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn an oath to him of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, would raise up a Christ and sit on his throne. Do you know what he's saying, Paul? Or, Scott, do you know what he's saying? He's saying God gave David a promise. And he's been dead and buried for centuries. Dead, bones, just a tomb. He says, but right this day that God is honoring the promise that he gave to David. That, see, because God, God, God does what he says he will do, Matt. God does what he says he will do. And then he went on to say, because the Jews were still looking for him and they had, they had already killed him because he had come against their little system. And he gone on to say about this Jesus whom you crucified has been made both Lord and Christ. And say, some people say, it's too much, it's too much, it's too much, it's too much. I'm going to tell you what, when they were dragging, it said that you would expect to be dragged in chains. It says you should expect to be dragged before the people and before the magistrate. That's the promise of God. You should expect it. You should expect it to separate some people and bring in some other people. Throughout church history, whenever Wycliffe just wanted people to have a, a Bible in their own language, all he wanted was a Bible that people could read that wasn't in Latin. All he wanted was a Bible where every farm boy in England could know as much about the Word of God as the king that sat upon the throne. And you know what they did to him? They killed him. They killed him for something so radical. That's just a, a Bible that they can read. That's it. Calm down, they said to Seymour. Calm down. They, they, it's always been the cry. That's from the church. The time of high maintenance, low impact Christianity has to come to an end. It says when they drag you before the magistrates, don't even worry about what you're going to say. I'll put words in your mouth. They didn't, they, didn't make, they didn't make Peter the mayor of the town. They drug him in and beat him and John. And when they would say, you can't even preach in his name, the next thing you see, it says, it says, and Peter standing full of the Holy Ghost. You ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me, church. My church has promises. I ought to say J.R. has promises and Mag Church has promises. They'll tell you to back off, to quiet down. Nothing, 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 nothing has ever got accomplished for God by somebody that, that, was, that was weak and voiceless and wouldn't stand up against the tide. Nothing has ever happened that way. Nothing has ever happened that way. Nothing. Let me tell you something. Look at me, every one of you. You got saved 
because somebody had the nerve to, put the, to say, to preach the truth of the Word of God that brought conviction to your, to your wayward soul that had enough boldness and enough backbone that says, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. No Buddha won't get you there. No my, my Islam won't get you there. No Christian won't get you there. But no, your, your own little self-made world won't get you there. You must be born again. Somebody told you. There's people in this room that have seen Pentecost and seen it blaze a trail. And, and it, by the way, put a marker right there. We got all ages in there. Look around. All the young ones are, the little ones are next door right now. But look across this place. We've got a mixture of ages like few churches have. Every church you go to, they're either, they've either decided they don't need the, the older folks and just write the check and get out. That's true. And they have no wisdom. They have energy, but they got no wisdom. Or on the other side, it's at five more years, they won't exist. Because they refuse to live and reproduce themselves. Are you hearing me? And look across this place, it's not like that. But I need to talk because we got people that do a lot of things. But I need, I need to talk for you people that have been around a while that laid a trail for me and laid a trail for these people. Because one thing I've seen, one thing I've heard through the grapevine, you know, y'all know your pastor knows things. I don't know if people know it, but I know things. Some things I know because I know. Some things I know because people tell me. I'm pretty in the know. You got to be. You better be. There's way too many people in this room that your attitude is, I've done my time. There's way too many people. I'm talking about knowing what time it is. There's a time for everything. And I'm going to tell you, the fact that you're in this room and you're not in a box... The fact that you still walk in under your own power and you're not in a box tells me that you haven't done your time. Young people are be glad to get in a break right now. You may not be able to do some of the things you used to do. But if God was done with you, he'd have put you in a box. Oh, yeah. Oh, it got, ooh. If God was done with you, he'd have took you out. He don't have people here just to take up space and to breathe air. It's all needed. Your wisdom is needed. But you know what's needed? You know what's needed more than anything? It's the people who have lived through it. That have been there and done that. And lived through it. So that their, just their life is a testimony that you're going to make it. Glory be to God. 
You know what else? You've prayed enough prayers and seen enough answers because you've been there and you've done that. That you know how to believe God. You ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me. I'm, ta- I'm talking to you seniors. You're probably, likely, the most valuable asset that this church or any church has. And while the church world doesn't recognize that anymore, this church does. And while, the, while, while they're, they're building every kind of program there is to build, let me, let me tell you about all those programs that I just want to scream at leaders everywhere. They don't work. They don't work. They don't work. How about people that's got the wisdom to know how to pray? Pray. And to, and to, and to counsel to counsel. And to lead to lead. And everybody that's still young enough to got the energy to do it. How about do it? How about do it? It would be amazing what would happen if all of that came together in one place and in one time. You know what would happen? It would be, it would shake the foundations all around us. It would shake the region for Jesus Christ. It would change the world and everything around it. See, we, Mark, we still need each other. All our, young and old alike, we still need each other. And you're still part of the kingdom of God. Y'all ought to be more encouraged than that. Listen, there's a time, and we're in this. Brandon, come back. We're at, a, we're at a time that we can no longer be in neutral. There's things to stand up against. There is. There are things to stand up against, and there's things to stand for. It's a balance. You should do both. Have you, have, has, have you anybody ever noticed that in the last... Well, I've never had my faith there, but have you ever noticed that I have just lost any interest in any political solution whatsoever? Have you noticed that? I have no interest in a political solution. It was the problem of Israel when Jesus was here. Will you again restore to us the kingdom of Israel? He didn't even answer it. I could go ahead and spend another 30 minutes Dispelling once again the doctrines that are taken over the church world by storm that somehow that the church is going to take over seven mountains of influence and, per, and make the world better for Jesus to come. I'm going to say it again. I don't care who you are. That's hog, hogwash. It's not only hogwash. It's completely not, it's not even extra biblical. It's unscriptural. And it's take, yeah, I, you know how, I'm just going to tell you some things. The Bible says that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The Bible says that in the last days, dangerous, perilous times will come. That, and and in 2 Timothy, and he describes it to a T. He tells you that, it's, that, 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 that it'll enter straight in from, from, from uh, uh, persecution and, and, and perilous times. But, and when the rapture happens, it'll go straight into tribulation. That it will be times that, were so, that are so bad that if the days were not shortened, that nobody would live through it. There is nothing in this scripture, I don't care what Bill Johnson or anybody following him says, that says that the church is going to influence the seven mountains of influence and make it better. 
Say amen or oh me. You can unfriend me. You can do what you can, uh, whatever. It's still true. And it's hot. You know why they don't? You know why? We have a lot of great modern worship music. None of it sings about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. None of it. None of it. Not one. Not one of them. Not, 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 you haven't heard one song in 20 years singing about the wonders and the glory of heaven. Out of, the, out of nobody. You know why? Because they're not looking for, for him. In this, they're not looking for him and they're not anticipating heaven. They're trying to make heaven on earth. They're, it is literally reflected in everything that's written. They're not looking for a city that's built above. They're not looking for a city that has foundations whose builder and maker is God. They're looking for heaven on earth. Now I'm going to tell you that heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. See, it's, it's, not just, it's not just Joe Biden and the, and the Democrats and the Republicans you've got to stand up against. It's the, it's the malarkey. That's probably a Greek word too. That has infiltrated the church. That we're going to, you're going to have to stand. Oh, some people say, you're contentious. Yes, I am contentious. You better know I'm contentious when it comes to the things of God. You know why? Because Jude commands me to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Earnestly. Earnestly contend. I intend, intend, should the Lord tarry, to pass on something to my children that they can live by. But in the meantime, I, intended, I intend to build an anticipation in people knowing the times that they should be watching and anticipating at any moment. Because I'm going to tell you, they scoffed at the day of Pentecost. And the scoffers are here today saying, where is the promise of his returning? But I'm going to tell you that he is going to return because he keeps his promises. And when he does, it's going to be in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. And I'm going to tell you that it's already an appointed time. They ask him about it. They ask Jesus about it. He says, that's not for you to know or me to know. I said, my father's the only one that has that knowledge. But you know what I'm saying? Before he ever formed a world, Matt, there was a date on the Kronos calendar that he's going to say, that's it. That's it. That's it. Why hasn't he came back? I'll tell you why he hadn't come back. It says it in Romans 13. It says, it's his grace and his mercy that he lengthens the days because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why it's God's will and God's way that we repent. And that we would come to him and that they could go too. Mac Church, I'm going to ask you. I pray it every Sunday night. If you're not here on Sunday night, then you missed it because you don't know it. I've been praying for years. Knowing for years that God is raising up ministers and ministries out of Mac Church. Some of you that God's put a call in your life that, you're, that you haven't answered yet, I'll pray you miserable. because the body of Christ works when the body of Christ functions the body of Christ works best when when all of the body functions stand with me all over this house do you know what time it is can I ask you a question again do you know what time it is can I ask you a question Do do you believe in the promises of God for your life and for his church I'm, di- I, well, I'm, just be real. I'm discouraged when you, when you, that discourages me. There ain't nothing like laying it out for an hour and say, do you believe it? And two people say, amen. Me and you, 
the other two. We got a lot of work to do. I'm going to ask you again. Do you believe in the promises of God are yes and in Him? Amen. 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 Bow your head all across this place. Father, we need you today in this moment, in this time, this moment in time. Lord, I pray that faith would arise in this place. Lord, that there would be an excitement that begins to boil in the heart of every person. Lord, you didn't call a dead church, you called an alive church. You didn't call a silent church, you called a loud church. You didn't call an ungrateful church, you called a thankful church. You didn't, you didn't call somebody that they couldn't give you a praise, you can't work with that. But you called a praising people. Lord, and I pray that you would begin to shake us. Into, into our place. And Lord, that there would begin to be an anticipation of what you promised. And Lord, that the people that you are calling and moving on, that they will no longer be able to resist the, the plan of God, that they will submit to your will. But Lord, across this place, we've been asking for souls. And Lord, we ask today that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that conviction is coming into this room. Where people, where men and women and boys and girls know that they are a sinner and standing before a God that loves them and giving them a way back to you. And we ask all across this place, is there one, is there two, is there three that would slip their hand up and say, I need a Savior today. Are you here? Are you here? I see you. Is there, or is there another? Is there another? I need a Savior today. I need, is there another? Come on. Is there another? Come on. I see another. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? Just a few more seconds. Is there another? All across this room, everybody look at me, every voice. There's two people in this room that have lifted their hand in need of a Savior. We know that we can lead Him just by a simple prayer if you believe it in faith. Repeating words means nothing. But if you believe it, you know today the Spirit of God has spoke to you. You know you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And did you know that Christ, Jesus Christ came and died for you in your place? And he made, a, he made a way back to God. That's you this morning. When you pray in faith, it changes everything. He made this gospel so simple, he said that a child could understand it. Men have made it complicated. God made it simple. But all over this place, there's two in this place. We're all going to pray together. If there's this many yet that says that I believe him, then you're going to pray with him. Then, then you ought to fill this, this place with a roar of voices that agrees with the people that need the Lord today. You hear me? Let's go to him, every voice. Dear God in heaven, I need you today. I came to you by the power of your son. Lord, today I'm a sinner. And I need you. I want you. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. And today from this very time, I will live for you. I will make you my Lord and my Savior. And I'll live for you for the rest of my life. I give my life to you today. I'm thankful that you made a way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand of praise. Somebody give him a shout. Somebody. Yes.
Church Mag, church, thank you. You say, that's too simple. No, that's how simple it is. Now he calls you, get in his word. Begin to pray. I don't know how to pray. You know how to talk? Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to every day. Talk to him. Tell him exactly what's on your heart and on your mind and walk with him. Are you going to be perfect? Not, not a chance. Is, things going to, is all your problems going to disappear? Probably going to get worse for a little bit. Devil's going to come and say, nothing changed. And you say, you're a liar and the father of all lies. That I'm a child of the living God. And then you walk with him every day. Say, what if I fall? Get up. What if I fall again? Get up. What if I fall again? And the Bible says if a man falls seven times in a day. What is he saying? Just seven? No. Get up. And you know what? Find yourself if we believe you found it. If you live by here and can be here, find yourself a, a God-fearing, Bible-believing church that preaches the whole counsel of God and stay in it. And stay in it. And stay in it. And stay in it. My church, the key, to, the key to revival is souls. That's the heartbeat of God. And thank you this morning for praying. And thank you for, for, a, for a response. You know why? Because the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home. If all of heaven rejoices, then all of Mag ought to rejoice. Hallelujah. All of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck. Tell them that you love them in this place.